episode 107. 107. Of the Talking Buds podcast. How's it going, everybody? Thank you for joining us. Um, another week. I would like to start this week off by making a statement. Okay. Let's hear it. Which is what I usually do every yeah. week. So that this is really isn't any different. No. But at the end of last season, after the debacle that happened against the Habs, and everyone, myself included, was screaming from the rooftops, fire everyone. Yeah. Right? I'd like to walk a portion of that back with respect to one Kyle Dubas. I do not believe, even if they flame out again this year, I do not believe that Kyle Dubas should lose his job. Mm. Kyle Dubas did a fantastic job sort of filling some roster holes going into this season. Look no further than deciding to replace Zach Hyman with Michael Bunting. Yeah. And... We all wondered aloud, ourselves included. We were like, we thought the hype for Bunting for people who had watched him was a bit out of this world. We flat out made jokes about Michael Bunting and all but, the other guys who are relative no names on this roster. I wanna, I wanna uh, be perfectly clear in that we weren't making fun of Michael Bunting, the hockey player. Yeah, we didn't know Michael Bunting. I, I didn't even know Michael Bunting was playing in the NHL. We were making fun of the people who were like heralding this guy as the savior, and we were like, "Slow down!" Like, hasn't even played a full season in the league. Yeah. Well, the joke's on us because Michael Bunting is a fantastic hockey player. Yeah. Who fits perfectly alongside. Austin Matthews on the top line brings the Hyman element, but you could argue because his, his body hasn't taken the punishment that Zach Hyman's has over the years that he's more, he's a more effective hockey player than Hyman was. And I just full circle. Like I, I think Kyle Dubas, if they flame out again this year, yeah, I think Kyle Dubas should be afforded the opportunity to try and get out from under some of these big contracts and rebuild this roster before just throwing him out the door. Yeah. If you look at his career as the GM, as the league, it's just like there's really good and very questionable, which, I mean, you look at the way he's filled out the roster, like you said, great job. Bring in Jack Campbell, great job. Um, then you look at signing guys to ridiculous contracts, uh, maybe paying Peter Morazic a little too much money, um, giving up, going, getting Nick Felino and all that stuff. So it's kind of just, it's kind of split down the middle with him. But I, I, I understand what you're saying. It, it is very impressive, um, the guys he's brought in on no money and how they've contributed, and including sticking with guys like like Engvall. Yeah. Like, how many times have we come on here and made fun of Pierre Engvall? Honestly, like he's turned out to be a pretty decent little hockey player. Yeah. Like he was great last night. He he was that fourth line needed help because the two old guys down there have been struggling. And I thought last night was a perfect example of putting Angval down on that line and and to see what kind of hockey player he's been able to grow into in this whole Dubas Keefe system. So there's there's examples like that which I 
totally get where you're coming from that maybe it's not the end of the world if they don't make the playoffs. It looks bad, but maybe he's just sometimes you just need time, you know, like look, look how much time Mark Bergevin got yeah. in Montreal. Yep. And also like, that's a long time when for you him. start running through coaches and general managers, you become the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. And like, I just, I don't think if you're going to put down Kyle Dubas's like career and you're going to list it out as like, pros and cons Mm -hmm. i think the pros outweigh the cons therefore he should not be fired if they flame out this season he should be given the opportunity to get out from under one of these big contracts that's that's what i think and i just like it's it's important to keep the continuity and i'm the reason why i'm saying this and i wanted to start with this is because this is like i've changed my mind on this like i was blinded by rage well, we'll see, we'll see where we're at yeah, when, yeah. Uh, when we're down in Remind uh, me to game clip this, seven. Yeah. Clip this and play it for me when they... Yeah, when, make sure you remind us of this in the comments. Yeah, when, if they uh, lose... Uh, yeah. When we're spazzing. When we're throwing a professional spaz attack. So, what do you think of Keefe's decision to sort of spread the love up and down the lineup oh. with the top three guys? I love poking fun at the media that has the horrible job of covering this team on a day-to-day basis, because I mean, we've been having this conversation conversation since Mike Babcock was the coach of this hockey team. Yes. Spreading out lines. Do you, how many times have we said load up a line? Yeah. Or how many times we said spread out the wealth? It's, it's all different. I, I just don't get too fired up about these decisions because Things are so fluid through an 82 game season. Like right now, it's a great idea because like guys are playing better and you've been able to find guys like to your earlier point, like Kasha, like Bunting, Kerfoot's having a better year that you can spread out the wealth a little bit more because you know William Nylander can play with Kerfoot because Kerfoot's having one of his best years of his career. Yep. And is he what is he's like plus 18 or something. And you could put Kasha, a guy you brought in, because he's got some skill and he can move the puck around and Bunting can go to the net. And Tavares needed some help and Tavares' best year of his career was with Mitch Marner. So put Marner back with Tavares, see what happens there. I, I just, I don't get too excited about these things happening in the middle of the season. It's nice to try everything out. So when you do get to April or in this case, May this season, that you know what that option looks like. You know what Marner and Matthews looks like, but you also know what Nylander looks down on the third line and what Marner looks like with Tavares. So I just, right now it's working out, it's doing well, but it it could change next game or the game after that. So I I just, I don't get too fired up about these kind of decisions that Keith makes. It's, It's a good idea in theory. Like I like the idea of spreading it out because I do think, all these guys are good enough to play with other players. And I do think they have enough depth offensively to for guys like Nylander to continue their great offensive season with guys like Kerfoot. But it's just, let's wait another five games. See, let's see where the lineup's at in five games. It's just everything changes constantly in an 82-game season. But I do like that about Sheldon Keefe is that he's not afraid to throw it in the blender. And if it's not working, he'll, he'll switch it up and try something else. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's the most effective way to use the um, amount of offensive skill that you have. But at the same time off Austin Matthews has not scored a goal. since yeah, that change. I know Michael Bunting got in a, ha- a hat trick and, but 
the end of the day, Austin Matthews is arguably the best goal scorer in the NHL. He's going to want his his genos at some point. I just think with, with Matthews, like you, you know, we we've talked about this a lot with Austin Matthews since, since he's came, since he's became a Toronto Maple Leaf. And like, I've just always been of the opinion that, that there, there is another gear there. And I've seen, we've seen it. We've seen him play like that. We've seen him play like the dominant force in the NHL, but if not having Mitch Marner on your line is going to affect you this much, yeah. not saying that it has, he hasn't played bad. He's had his fair share. But if, if let's say the offense does sort of sputter a little bit, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Like I don't you think, need to be able to drive your own line. I don't think it's been for a lack. Of, I don't think he's had a lack of chance. No. It's just, it's just not going in for him, but star players are treated differently and get different treatment than everybody else. So if, if this drought goes on a little bit longer, Maybe he'll he'll go to Sheldon and be like, maybe you could throw me a bone for a game and yep. put Mitchie back on my line. Like, um, I don't know. Power play is number one in the NHL. Why? You love talking about the power play. Why? I don't know. Mitch Marner's decided he wanted to score on the power play again. <laughs> like, I don't know. They they're just moving the puck more efficiently and they're they're getting they're getting better shots on net. They're firing the puck on net more. They're moving quicker. Uh, they're not as predictable with always going to Matthews. You have Nylander on that uh, in that option to, on the other side of the ice to shoot the puck. Uh, Morgan's putting it on the net more. Uh, Tavares is doing work down low. I, I think that um, it, it, this is – we always talk about playoff success. This is how you can win a playoff series. you yep. got to keep this thing going. We, But I don't get – I'm not going to get too excited <laughs> because we've seen this team – Go on stretches like this on the power play and yeah. then go go to sleep. But yes. you continue the better zone entries. You continue moving the puck quicker in your O zone. You, you have multiple options. Like Mitch Marner can actually shoot a puck. We saw that. So I don't want to see him passing it when he has a wide open lane ever again. Or else I'm going to go and beat him over the head with a stick. But I I just that that power play being number one. Like you go into the playoffs and that power play is as hot as they are right now. Like that, that could be a difference, and their penalty kill too. Yep. Like I'm pretty the sure PK, they, they're they're tied for fifth in the NHL. I think they have like a top. Yeah, they have yeah, a top five. If you're PK. in the top five in both categories, right. like you're a damn good hockey team. The the PK's been pretty solid all year. Yeah. Like it's had it's had its moments, but it's for the most part, it's been pretty and, solid. And Mikheyev's come back, and he's added to that. But I, I think Mitch Marner is one of the best penalty killers in the NHL. I think Kerfoot's a good penalty killer. Um, they're D they kind of, they kind of have anybody back there on D to play the penalty kill. That's kind of a rotating door, but that, that was always their biggest issue. Like a decade ago, they always had like the 28th power play in the NHL and it was just garbage. So, I mean, look at their record. They're one of the top teams in the NHL and that's because of the special teams. Like that's usually a good indication of where you're at in the standings when you're both top five in both special team categories. Like they got to keep that going. They got to keep the momentum going. It's not going to stay hot forever, but avoid those. Oh, for tens. Oh, for 15s, whatever they were like, what were like one for 30 at one point last year? Like you, you can't have that going in the playoffs. Like you get into that tough game seven situation. Boy, you could really snap that streak. If your, your power plays rolling like they are right now. So we're talking about special teams rolling. One area that is sputtering a little bit mm-hmm. is the goaltending. Um, Jack Campbell coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, to be expected, I think he was a bit out of his mind 
to start the season, yep. like playing like ridiculous lights out, unsustainable pace. Um, this is the first time he's he's been a starting goalie all season. So at some point that was going to catch up with him. And Peter Morazic, Peter Morazic hasn't been terrible, mm. but he also hasn't been great. And no, I'm he's looked like a backup goalie. Uh, yes, I'm really on the Peter Morazic thing. As someone who's listened the last like three or so weeks, has probably figured out like, yeah, you have to get this guy going. Like, mm. have to. He makes too much money, and he's he needs to help take the load off Jack Campbell. I sound like a broken record, yeah. but it's just like you just watch in Detroit, and it's just like first shot of the game in the net, and it's like that you we can't now. This team is is high octane offense and can dig you out of that hole. And, and the Red Wings aren't exactly like they they came back and beat a hockey team that they're better than. Yes, yes. So it's just I don't know what you do. Like I think maybe when you get into February, as we get into February here, and the games start becoming more frequent because they're making them all up, then they have a chance to get kind of both of these guys in more of a rhythm. Like yeah. I, because I just. That's one area that is just we've seen it time after time, and and you know what, this core takes a lot of heat for the lack of playoff success as they should. Mm-hmm. But Freddie Anderson was a huge part of all those choke jobs. Yeah, and they just we goaltending cannot be a factor and cannot let them down come playoff time. Yeah, and playing Morazic is twofold. It's taking the load off Jack Campbell, but it's also showcasing him to other hockey teams if you do want to move off that contract because I mean you sign that with great intentions you you had no idea if Campbell could be a number one guy he's we still really don't know he's he plays played out of his mind we show that he can be a number one when he's playing his best but I mean Jeff Merrick reported that teams have been calling the Leafs being like is this guy on the market so it's just my only concern with moving Peter Morazic is yeah who who do you have to replace him like like what if what if Campbell gets hurt Campbell oh yeah it's a yeah, disaster yeah, yeah. I know that that's a but it's a tough decision yeah because every off season this hockey team is going to continue to face dilemmas like they faced this past off season with guys like Zach Hyman yeah and and maybe they don't they can't bring I know goaltending's a different situation so I mean Campbell it's like that. Signing Jack Campbell this offseason, I think, is the hardest decision a general manager can make. Giving a guy a contract who really has no resume other than, like, a year. You could look at Jack Campbell's recent play from the other direction and be like, Yeah, it's almost a good He's at six million, and now he's at five and a half, and now he's at five, and now he's at four and a half. Yeah, Yeah. it's like the stock market watching uh, Jack Campbell play hockey right now. Yeah, so I think, I think, I, you can, I, this is my take. I, I I don't want to see a number over five for that guy. Like, there's, there's no way, Mm -hmm. and I know, but this management group makes me nervous because we've seen what's happened in the past. They overpay. And I just don't want to see them in a situation where they're overpaying for a goaltender because there's, there's examples around the league. I know Florida's in first place, but they're paying their goal like $10 million. Imagine how much better they'd be if that guy was making a little bit less and they could add more to that roster. Like you just can't overpay for a guy who really still does not have a resume in the playoffs or in the regular season. Well, he's, and then you have Peter Morazic where it's like, you're going to need that cap space to sign him. But then 
what if Campbell gets hurt yeah. and now you have Joseph Wall playing that? Michael Hutchinson. And it's just like, yeah, I do not. I, 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 I can criticize the decisions that general managers can make and our general manager, but this is a bind. Like, yeah. just put yourself in that situation. Yeah, like it, it is. That's not- what I'm saying. Yes, Mrazek makes too much money. It's 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 a detriment on their salary cap. How much he's getting paid. However, he's a guy who started in this league before, has put up good numbers in this yeah. league before. And if Jack or what if Jack Campbell really starts sputtering? Like, yeah. it's not even a, a matter of him getting hurt. It's. Like, what if he really just, like, goes in the tank here? I know. And then it's... Like, so... Peter Morazic's your number one goalie. Yes. That's, that could very well happen. Yes. Like, that is that is a serious possibility. I think that um, both guys struggling... Well, not Morazic, but so more Campbell struggling more of lately is... The Leafs have gotten a little more loosey-goosey with letting guys free in their own zone lately. But there's also examples of Jack Campbell letting goals through the five-hole... Through the blocker in the arm, up in the short side. Well, I th- so I, I think I think it's a two way street as well. But. I posed this question on on Twitter the other night, and everyone's like, "Oh, you know, like since since coming back from COVID, they've really like no lead is safe. Like they just keep blowing three one leads, and yeah. it's like, yeah, but the main difference between like earlier in the season and now." is Jack Campbell is not making every 10-bell save. I know. And it, you almost got to go back and review like those games saying that, was it Jack Campbell covering up those mistakes that aren't being covered up now? Or were they actually locking it down a lot more than they are now? Because like you could I find... I think it's probably a little bit of both. You could find yeah. examples over the past... Or over all the games since they came back from COVID where... Dude, they can let guys slip away in their own zone, and they're wide open. And and, and I know it's easy to point at a goaltender to be like, oh, he should have had that. He should have had that. But that's why I said I think it's a little bit of both. It, I it's frustrating. I think that's why you you get like we talked about this last week. I think that's why um, you get Sheldon Keefe making comments in the media like he did after uh, the Rangers loss because. It's you're seeing because I, I notice it when they're up a couple goals. Some of the some of the big boys are are not picking up their oh, defensive it's every, assignments. It, it, it's it's every and they're line. and they're cheating for offense a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's every line and there's and there's D losing puck battles a below their own goal line. It's it's centerman not taking the guy coming into the slot. It's it, I find the whole goaltending conversation so interesting because it's like how many you want to give up two goals a game. Right. If you give up two goals a game on average, you're going to win a lot of hockey games. But there there are going to be some two on ones, some missed assignments that your goalie can't get to. Yeah. But then you're going to have to also afford your goalie getting beat on the short side sometimes or through his arm sometimes. So it's just like where fans stand. Like there's some fans that are just pro goalie and there's some fans that are like any goal that goes in. It's like, oh, look at Morazic yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. So it's like where... Where do you stand as someone who analyzes the game where you place the blame on your defensive side or do you place blame on your goalie? Because your goalie's going to get beat sometimes and your goalie's also going to have no chance. So it's like some games, it's like Campbell gets all the blame, but then you go back and you're like, man, they they, they left that guy wide open. Yep, the, like, is he supposed to make that save? And I know there's examples of Andre Vasilevsky and Shesterkin who are just like top level goalies, but... Not every team in this league has a top level goal. Yeah. So it's 
it's it's really you got to really sit down and analyze the goals that they're giving up and and really decide how much blame you want to rest on your goaltender. And I don't know if Kyle Dubas is doing that or if anyone else is in charge in doing that or what Keith thinks about it, but it's just it's such a big factor with with the way Campbell's playing right now because I just see so many different ways that goals are going in on him. I don't know. Well, hopefully um I think like over time the the key thing is let's get Morazic going. Let's get him shouldering mo- most of the workload. Let's also like maybe like my two cents, and I know that, like, this is, I don't know. Like, can we have somebody sit down with Jack Campbell and go, enough. <laughs> like, enough, enough with the hero media. Blame. Like, enough. Yeah. Like, sit down and go, is this actually, or maybe it is something that he's struggling with mentally. So can we sit down with maybe the sports psychologist or something and be like, you okay, man? Because, yeah. like, after every game to to be sitting in the media and go, this one's completely on me, it's like, that's let's stop that. Yeah. Like let's let's just it's not your fault. A bunch of defensive zone breakdowns. It's okay to come out after a game and say, "Yeah, th- I wish I had that one back or a couple of those back." But like to like every game. Like and it's and it's he's not that goalie where it's it's like that was totally on camp. No, that's like it's like what I was alluding so to earlier. So there's, it, there's both sides. So as a team when you come out in the media and you are making comments post game, it's just throw the general. Yeah. Like, just, just do it. Win as a team, lose as yeah, a team. Just type do it. Of thing. And if, and like, if, if he really is somebody that like puts a lot of stuff on himself, then I hope that they have someone behind the scenes who's like kind of helping him through that because mm. I don't think it's good for him. I think if you're slumping, he's he's not slumping. He's just not playing at that level. To to like beat yourself up like that mentally is yeah. only going to make it worse. So let's just just get through it mm-hmm. and. Just yeah, like it's okay, man. It's yeah. okay. It's not your fault. Um, this city is flip floppy when it comes to gold and defensemen. Like, oh my goodness! Like one bad game and you're just in the doghouse in this city. Well, I think like, I think yeah, I think this fan base has been really. Um, like he was uh, making like ridiculous. Saves. Yeah, he was playing at a like. He was playing like, at like a Vesna level. Like high, high level. Yes. Like his numbers. And it wasn't just a month. Like Freddie always had the one bad month, one great month. Like it was those first two to three months. He was just on fire. And then he starts kind of just letting in goals that any other goalie in the league would let in. And it's just like we're all turning on Outrage him. We all it. hate him. Yeah. We're all questioning them it's just i think that's what happens when you're a fan base that has suffered decades of losing it's so hard to be patient as a hockey fan but it's just like man this is a grind this game is a grind the season is a grind stuff happens there's different segments of success and failure and it's just it's so hard to keep a level head when it comes to the results that come out of this team it's just i some people can can handle it some people are just hot but like we've said in the past, it's it's usually driven by media that has to cover the team on a daily basis. So it's like you're kind of living and dying with each game that's being played. Um, before we get out of here, can we talk a little bit about the Arizona Coyotes playing in a 5,000-seat arena on a campus somewhere and why Gary Bettman just insists on making sure that this hockey team exists? One night, I had a very vivid dream. (laughs) And my dream entailed at least 
eight hockey teams being cut out of this league yeah. and being shrunk be? down yeah. to 22 or yeah. 20 teams. Yeah, it'd be way better. And how much better every roster would be, yeah. how much better every product would be. Yeah. Um, there's enough big like cities and markets that smaller markets could gravitate towards. And you can live here and be a Bruins fan. You can live here and be a Leaf fan. How much better the product would be if you just cut the crap with all this Arizona BS. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's a joke. It is a joke. It's a joke. And I know, I know like the the hurricanes are the, the best team in the Eastern conference and the Florida Panthers are best, best team in the Eastern conference. And, but there was a lot of years where that wasn't the case. And there, I think there's at least eight hockey teams that you could snip right out of this league right now. And the product would be so much better and so so much hotter and so much more competitive. Mm-hmm. And it would just be so much better. It's This, this is crap. Yeah, it is. Like, this is garbage. It is garbage. Uh, can we... This hockey team is moving into a 5,000-seat arena. which they still won't be able to fill. (laughs) Can we please never again talk about Austin Matthews going to the Arizona Coyotes? I was never on that train. Like, if he leaves, I'm not saying he's staying. No. But if he leaves, he's not going to the Arizona Coyotes. No, I was never on that train. He's He's a big market fella. He loves bright lights, big city. I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's going to a small market. Uh, all right, get out of here. Another week of hockey ahead. We're getting into the home stretch here in Feb where it's just going to be like bang, 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 bang every yep. night and get caught up and keep going towards the playoffs, keep man. Blowing leads, keep it, coming back from leads. Heading towards that trade deadline. What's yep. Kyle Dubas going to do? Is he going to bolster the defense if he's going to like... I hate when they start throwing out names. Like yeah. the, 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 the name this week was they're throwing out Josh Manson from the Ducks and it's just like, it gets me. I'm not smart enough to sit down and be Brandon Pridham with yeah. the numbers. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm never gonna go on cap friendly, print out a sheet, and start figuring out how they're gonna do that. But you start throwing out names like that, and it just gets me like kind of excited. But it's just like, nah, it's never gonna happen. No. Like, it's never gonna happen. They're they're gonna end up going out and getting a a, a Ben Hutton yeah, or something. That, like it's just like, they, but that's all they can do. You know, and so, just, yeah, it is, it is what it is. I, I could dream, but it's just, it never makes any sense to me when they start throwing out names that could actually come in and make a difference. Like it just, I don't know, but I, I, I can only pray. All right. Well, only time will tell my friend. Thanks everybody for checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Also, if you're listening on the audio on Spotify or iTunes, leave a five-star review. Yeah. Hit the, hit the like button, subscribe, come along with us. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I want to live at the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel begins friday september 23rd
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.